Are you alive? Turn to the person next to you and say, are you well? I did not do that. I did not do that. <laughs> Whew. Wow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your church across this world. I thank you, Lord, that it belongs to you. She belongs to you. She is your bride. It, does, it belongs to no man, no leader, no pastor, no apostle, prophet, priest, or king. The church belongs to you. The ecclesia is yours, the called out ones. And this morning, Father, I ask that you would just touch each one of us through the power of your Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you would pour into us oil, fresh oil into our hearts. That we would be changed by your anointing that you've promised to pour out onto us. In Jesus' name, amen. I uh, didn't sleep at all last night. So if I look like I'm a, I'm a little rough, I am <laughs> in the natural. I went to bed at a good time, and within an hour I woke up. And I don't know if you've ever been through this, where you just woke up and you're disturbed, but you don't know why. You're unsettled, but you don't know why. There's a question, there's a longing in your heart, but you can't quite figure out what it is or why. And I know myself well enough that if I try to go back to sleep, it won't be good sleep. I need to process something. So I got up. And about 1.34, I started to walk around our neighborhood with our dog that's dying. And I started to think about the last week and I asked myself, Dan, where are you? When God said to Adam, Adam, where are you? He wasn't playing hide and go seek. He was asking Adam where he was so that Adam could identify himself where he was. And as I walked, I felt more troubled. And I started to ask myself, what is this? I know the word. I'm full of the spirit. I'm a pretty happy guy. I annoy people because I'm happy. <laughs> people say, well, that's all right. You're always in a good mood. I, mean, I think that's true. But I felt off. I felt disturbed. I felt blah. I couldn't identify what it was. And if you've been in the church here for a while, you know, I have this, I often say this, that often when you're going through something, you don't have a language for it until you come out the other side. When you're going through it, 
you're like, what am I going through? I don't know. I haven't got a language for it. And when you don't always have a language for it, that can cause anxiety and stress. And I don't know what's happening. And ah, and, 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 and I don't, you know, I'm not, I, I don't really struggle with a lot of those things. But last night, I don't know what's going on with me. And so after the fact, when we get a language for it, we can then offer that language. When we have it, it becomes like a gift to someone else. I've been through what you're through, been go- you're going through. I understand it. And like the screaming eagle, you can offer it. That was referring from last week. You can offer it. Like, wait, what? Did I what? You can offer it as a parcel, as a gift with a bow and say, I've been through it. Open it. It will help you. But when you haven't been through it before, you don't have a language. You know the language will come, but you don't have it right now. And as I sat there, I thought, I don't have a language. I don't know what's going on with me. And I started to think about all the terrible things that are going on. And so I turned on the news and I, 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 I listened to the Taliban talking about the, the red line at midnight at, at, on Tuesday night and what was going to happen. And I thought, it's all, it's all, they're already a day ahead. We're running out of time. And so I watched another news channel and it was just getting worse. And, and so I, I went outside again. And I thought, what's wrong with me? Lord, I really need you to speak to me. And I sat down and I started to, to think about the week and I just bumped into a pastor in the street and I said, man, how you doing? It's so good to see you. He said, terrible. I nearly died. I'm like, what? And he looked awful and I looked into his face and I thought, brother, this is, I hugged him. I, I said, I love you, man. And kind of walked off like a, and I, was, and I started to think about this last week and just mad, crazy stuff that happens. I thought, what's going on? And this week, I, so, so, so my title of my message today is No Language Yet. And I decided in about 3.30, I don't think I'm in any fit state to talk to anyone. I haven't slept. I feel like I'm a mess. I'm unstable. I don't have a language. I've been preaching on the molting eagle and the seven steps of a mighty warrior. So I went through my notes and started to preach to myself. And another hour went by and faith began to come. And, uh, and then I begin, suddenly began to think about all the other things that were happening. And my phone and, Dan, this person has just died in this country. And could you make a video for, this, for their spouse? And could you come and do the funeral? And could you do this? And then could you do that? And, and, and yeah, there's a, a wedding to be done here. And then this, you've got this appointment. And can you teach here? And can you do that? And what's your opinion? And people that I know and people that I love going through such awful, terrible times. And I'm like, I just want to hug you. I just want to be with you. I'm, I'm doing great. I've got a language. And suddenly, I feel like I'm stuck. And I don't have a language for it. Where am I? Last week, just seven days ago, I was racing to get to a wedding. I love doing weddings. 
But this was, I had to drive to this wedding, and it was, it was somebody that's not here in the church. And I just thought, okay, I've got to go. And so I put my suit on and ready to go. And I'm just thought, okay, uh, is this going to take the whole day? And I just felt privileged to do a wedding, and I'm going to preach the gospel, and there's going to be unsaved people there. And I'm excited, but my phone's ringing, and I'm just walking out the door. And, and, and one of my sons calls me. And I said, son, I can't talk. I've got to get to this wedding, or I'll be late. He said, this is important. I've just been in a car accident. I said, are you okay? Yes. Is everybody okay? Yes. I said, great. Give them the insurance. Can't deal with it now. See you later. He said, okay. I said, are you okay? He said, I, I think so. I said, Fee, where are you? I said, he told me where he was. I said, Jonah, could you put this up? You don't, you don't have it? Could you load it? See if you can load it or no? The car was crunched so bad when I got there. I was going to show you a picture. If anyone had been in the passenger seat, they would have been killed. Some of you have seen it. It's just a mangled mess. And there's one little spot where Isaac was sitting in the driver's seat that didn't get touched. The police and the ambulance and fire aid and people all over the street. I could hear a lot. When I was driving out of our house, I could just hear sirens. I'm like, how bad is this accident? When I got there, Fee and I were just crying like, what? What happened? At the same time, I've got to get to a wedding. She said, you can't do the wedding. I said, there's, there's 300 people at this wedding. They're kind of relying on me. If I don't show up, I'm going to mess up their wedding. I said, we're going to the wedding. He's fine. Everyone's fine. Great. Get in the car. Let's go. Honey, we're fine. Prayed on the way. Thank you, Lord. Get to the wedding. Change gear. Ha! I gotta be happy. You know, your wedding. Weddings are exciting places. Like, Sorry, everybody. I was just trying to do a terrible act and dump all that on them. I can't dump it on them. Gotta suck it up. Let's go. We can do this. And then I get home and the washing machine breaks. I'm like, really? The washing machine breaks? Like, how much is a new washing machine? So we're going to go order a new washing machine. And I'm trying to get out of town. So I'm buying a new washing machine, negotiating with somebody while I'm in the car to try and get out of town because I've got an appointment in Michigan. And I'm trying to get in the car. I'm like, can you deliver it for this much? And, can you? and then when the, when the washing machine gets there, that one doesn't work either. So I'm like, well, we, and we've got washing stacking up. We've got people coming, stuff going. And it's like, ah, ah, what do we do? And then I get a call saying, hey, but we're so excited about you doing our wedding this weekend. I'm like, what wedding? And that was last weekend. It went, so I just went quiet. I thought, maybe this is me. And I said, yeah. So we just wanted to know, could you be here at this time? I'm like, I have a wedding? I'm doing another wedding this, this weekend? Yesterday? What? I've got to do what? Yes. You've got to do a wedding. I said, That's, I knew that. Okay, show the picture really quick, Joe. That was a car. Isn't God good? <laughs> okay. Back. Thank you, son. And then the phone rings, and it's somebody else saying, could you please come and help us? We need this. This person, could you call this person? Can you do this? There's a leak in the basement. And we've got kids' church starting. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And we've got this. We've got that. We've got this. I'm like, yes, I can do it. And I've got a pretty big bandwidth. It's like, bring it on. This isn't going to stress me. I, I love it. And probably not in a healthy way. It's like there's an adrenaline. They're like, give me more. Let's go. Let's do this. But suddenly, and, I, and as far as I was concerned, until the middle of the night last night, I'm doing fine. Because I've got a language for this. I've already been through this before. And then the UK embassy calls me. 
please talk to your parents. You know where they are. I said, I already did. Okay, bye. And then I'm just thinking, okay, I did this, and I went and had a bunch of appointments with different people. I'm sorting this, and I'm sorting that out. And there's other stuff that I can't even talk about, just crazy stuff happening here, there, and everywhere. And I just think, I'm just about done. And I get home, and I think, and I said, I think I'm just on top of the day. I'm almost on top of the day. And then I heard this, Dad, the sewer's backed up again. I'm like, no, not the sewer. What? We've just finished our basement. It's just been done. It took months. And I go downstairs straight into sewage. Like, really? Sewage all over the basement? This takes weeks, months. You have to fight with the insurance company. They're gonna, they'll drop me. And I just called them about the car. Two days ago. And two days before that, it was like that storm, the roof's leaking. Now the basement, really, Dan? Like, yeah, I, I can't call him. It's just stuff. And I'm just telling you some little stuff. But there's just stuff. You know, anyone going through some stuff? And then yesterday, the dishwasher broke, and it's like, really? This, it's not just a broken dishwasher. I don't care about that. But why isn't it working? It doesn't work. Is it a fuse? No, it's not a fuse. So there's stuff, laundry backing up, sewage backing up on the laundry because we don't have a washing machine. And then this, the dishwasher, dishes and stuff, and people and stuff. Like, what is going on? And you ever, I don't know if this is you, um, but because I've got no language for it, I'm just going to be a little bit just raw with you. Is that okay? Please don't get up if I start to cry. I'm a little bit tender right now, but don't come up and say, let's just pray for Dan. Just leave me alone. I've got to get through it, and I'll discharge this, okay? So don't bring any prophetic words. Just stay back. I'm going to be fine, okay? But you know when you're triggered? So Amazon sent me this stuff, and and it was all beaten up. The thing is ruined. It's like the box. So I eventually got, I've got to get it back to Amazon. So they said, here's the shipping label. Printed it out. Took it back to, to, to the post office. They said, sorry, you need two labels for that. I'm like, it's two packages, two labels. So I said, okay. So I've just carried it in from the heat, right? All the way, so, okay, fine, no problem. A patient. Holy Spirit is patient. So I'm going to put in the car, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to print it out another one. So I printed out another one, and I came back, and he said, that's the wrong label. I said, it's the label that they sent me. They sent you the wrong one. I said, but you delivered it to my house. Damaged. You did. Not our problem. But it is your problem. No problem. It's okay. Probably people in the line probably know I'm a pastor. Chill out. <laughs> smile. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So I picked it up and I walked back out and I gently put it in my car and I went home and I did it again three times and then four times and the fifth time I'm done. I said, listen to me. The United States Post Office damaged my stuff and this is the fifth time. I've got a lot going on. You don't want to start with me this week. And you can see people in line backing up. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> and the lady went, sir, you could go to um, the FedEx down the road. I'm like, I'll do that. The final thing was, I had to wrap their damaged box in duct tape, only to find out you can't wrap a box in duct tape. You have to use their tape. So I had to buy their tape. But they said, before you put on their tape, you have to take off the duct tape, because you're not allowed duct tape. <laughs> so I took off the duct tape and put it in a ball 
Thank you, sir. Do you have a trash bin for that? Would you like me to take it with me? How much is the tape? Three ninety-nine. So in the end, FedEx. It was like a joke. It was like eventually when I took it to FedEx, they were like, "Oh yeah, no problem. We can take that. Have it next. Have a great day, sir." And I was like, <laughs> "I like FedEx." <laughs> Let me read you a scripture because some of you are like, "You're a first-time visitor. You're like, this church is just weird." <laughs> Paul says this, we're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And Paul calls these light and momentary troubles. And sometimes I'm like, I'm worried about petty things. There's big stuff going on in the world. Who cares about a parcel? Keep the parcel. No, actually, I want my money back. So you send the parcel. But it's just, it's just stuff. And we all have a breaking point. There is a straw. And I got back and I sat on my porch and I'm just there. It's now like 3.52 and I've just had enough of bad news. I've watched all the news. Is there even a glimmer of hope anywhere for this country? Not this country, the country I was watching on the news that has a hard deadline at 12 o'clock midnight in two days' time. And they're already a day ahead. You know, I'm just being honest. There's no language, okay? So this is just it raw. I started walking. I thought, I just need to lift my spirits. So I looked on YouTube because I was sick of seeing any social media. What was that? That wasn't it. Okay, hang on, son. I was sick of, I was sick of seeing every social media platform. Either it was really bad news or it was just so stupid. Like, I don't care what you're eating for dinner. You, you caught me on a bad day. It's like... I want to sleep. I don't care what kind of ice cream you're eating. On Facebook, I really don't. Anyway, so I, I'm, I'm frustrated. I can't find my center. What's wrong with me? I, do I need counseling? Ah, what's going on? And so I'm, I, I'm wound up. You know, I found myself watching the best scores in soccer in world history to lighten my spirits. Being honest. And after about 10 minutes, I said, God, I need your help. Don't come to me. joy in soccer highlights. That's not eternal. And as I sat there, I went for another walk with the dog, who I thought was going to die. Couldn't catch up with me because he's 12. He's like, what? you've never walked me. It's the middle of the night. And now you're telling me to hurry up. Uh, 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 it's honestly thought he was going to die. 
And then I, I was trying to get a hold of my parents. Lines wouldn't go through. Eventually they text me back. Are you okay? Louis tells me I'm okay. I'm like, are you okay? Yeah. Rough, but good. God is good. Can't get through, can't get through texting. Eventually, FaceTime them. I'm like, yes. This is a few hours ago. All this stuff just came to the surface. And I lost it. And by lost it, I don't mean angry. I just sobbed. Have you ever boo-hoo cried? It's like really ugly crying. And it's like snot and everything. And you're just like, what is going on? I can't. You can't even stop if you wanted to. It's not like pull yourself together. Oh, I can't. I didn't want to do this in front of my dad, but I did, which was fine, because he's great. But even the dog, which normally, he'd be like, come and come for me. He was like, just went, wanted to go in the house. I'm like, go in the house. And go to sleep, permanently. I'm just, I'm just a mess. I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed, and all this stuff. Oh, just came out. I said, Dad, get on the flipping plane. That's an English word, it's not bad. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> went quiet, like, what did I say? <laughs> He's crying. I'm crying. I said, Please. said, the last British planes already left. I said, I know people. I already talked to them. I have secret service agents. I've been talking to who come and get you. And then my mom came on the phone. She nearly had my dad. She said, what? Even if we could. Why am I now going against faith? Do you have a word from God? I so wanted to lie. That we should go. I said I got a word from me. put the phone down, I just cried. I said, God, I'm a mess. He took me to this scripture where we started the other week in First Samuel chapter 16 on seven steps of a spiritual warrior to a part I hadn't honed in before, and it says this. And the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. Watch this. 
how long will you grieve? The definition of grief, I'm not referring to my parents right now. I'm referring to loss because the definition of grief is the natural response to loss. Put your hand up if in the last two years you've experienced any kind of loss. I want to help you this morning. I don't have a language for this. It's not going to be eloquent. I'm not going to have three points. I'm just going to let it just flow out of me. But here's what the Lord said. How long will you, how long will you, how long will you stay in a place of loss? How long will you grieve? Fill your horn with oil. This was the prefix. This is the the context, the text before the text, where Samuel goes into Jesse's house and anoints David as king. This is the chapter before. This is the beginning of that chapter. But this is the the context. This is what was really happening. And so you imagine Samuel, this great prophet. He can hear God. This is a mighty man. But he's grieving Because God hasn't chosen Saul anymore. The anointing and a lift on him. And he says, how long will you grieve? How long will you sit in loss? How Take your horn, take a horn full of oil and be on your way. And I started to look through the message of those seven things of a molting eagle. And as I went through them, I'm crying and I'm like, ah, this is, Lord, I need oil. Lord, I need oil. Holy Spirit, I need you to fill me up. Here's my cup. Fill me up. That's all I've got. I can't watch soccer highlights. Netflix doesn't do it. Good night sleep doesn't do it. It's only you. I need the oil. I need you to fill me up. I can't stay here. Grief is good, by the way. I'm not talking about grieving a loss of a person. I'm talking about loss, period. Some of you have lost finances, lost friendships. you've, You've gone through loss this year or through your life. And I'm here to tell you this morning, how long? Before you say, I'm going to take this, uh, or this horn of oil. Uh, watch this. To get a horn of oil involves sacrifice, and sacrifice always comes before the anointing. An, an ox had to be killed. An animal had to be killed in order to get the horn. Death is always life's process. It's like the wineskin. An animal had to die to create a new wineskin. Death is always life's purpose, is life's process. Something has to die in order for something else to live. If we want the oil church, there has to be a sacrifice. There has to be a letting go of loss. How long will you mourn? Take the horn of oil and be on your way. You know, there's times, where this is like Pat's message on, on lordship, where we just got to say, because God said so, that's why. And when I heard the words back, why won't you get on that? Because God told us not to leave the city until I tell you, Annie hasn't told us. And therefore, we are going to stay. And my mom said this, last word she said, she said, and the blessing we leave on you is us being in the middle of God's will. She didn't cry. She didn't move. She didn't flinch. She said, we, 
We feel safe here because we're in the center of his will. Get on the flipping plane. No. Jesus was a man of sorrow. Many sorrows. So Jesus and grief have a relationship. There's a relationship. There was a relationship between Jesus and grief. So often we're like, well, we grieve not as those who have no hope. True, but it doesn't mean we don't grieve. Grief is a natural response to loss. Some of us need to grieve. You need to stay in the grieving process. Some of us need to answer the question, how long will you stay there? Before you sacrifice something in order to receive the oil and be on your way. Hebrews says this, have you resisted to the point of the shedding of blood, blood before the anointing? At Gethsemane, which Gethsemane means the place of the crushed, Jesus sweat blood. I'm going to pick up the pace. Is that okay? Here we go. Number one, I'm just going to comb through last week's message, these seven points, because I have to live this too, you know. I don't have a corner on the market on the word of God. I have to live it the same as everybody else and go through the same stuff. Oh. The first thing that happened in the process of a molting eagle, remember, was this feathers fell out. The beauty was gone. But listen, here's the good news. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to set the captives free, bind up the brokenhearted. And then it says this, and he's given us, here's the divine exchange, beauty for ashes, oil for mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You know there is a spirit of despair, and we're going to break it today with oil. And we're going to let the oil of God throw and break a spirit of despair. I believe it's demonic. And we do not have to have it. It was part of the divine exchange, the finished work of the cross. When Jesus said to Telestai, he said it's paid in full. And one of the divine exchanges is sadness for gladness, joy for despair. Pretty good, huh? Okay, I'm going to keep going. So, number two was a, a loss of sight. You know, Isaiah, uh, sorry, Proverbs says, where there's no ongoing vision, people cast off restraint. It's so important in this hour that we, as like eagles that have renewed their strength, see, see, see. We have to see beyond ourselves. It's really difficult in the Western world to, to think generationally, to see beyond just the here and the now. Proverbs says, a man without a vision. Sorry, this is a quote. A man without a vision is a man without a future, and a man without a future will always return to his past. I'm going to say that again. A man without a vision is a man without a future, and a man without a future will always return to his past. Where there's no vision, people perish. Where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. What is the vision you have for your life? And listen, when we come up high, when we come up high, when we come up high, we see different we see from a different perspective. That's why in John it says, come up here and I will show you what must take place. And when the oil of God flows, the anointing goes. That's see, John says, I was in the spirit. I, had, I was in oil and God showed me. Okay. Oh. 
But when, when, when we start looking down and we start seeing things from a small perspective, you know, when, see, it's like mountain climbing. The higher you go, the more you see. But the lower we are, the, the less we see. So our, if we see low, our opinion of life is low. Our opinion of God is low. Our opinion of friendships is low. Our opinion of the supernatural is low. Our opinion of people, we become negative, we become sour, just because we can't see properly. That's why we need to come up higher. We need to see properly. You know, making somebody else look bad doesn't make you look good. We lose hearing loss, which is the next one, with the inability to hear, and he renews our strength like the eagles. I haven't got time to even go over last week's message, but our hearing, our sense of hearing, our inability to hear God's voice, but when he renews us, we start to hear again. Church, it's really important that we learn to listen, that we're a listening people, that when we go into prayer, that we actually, we're declaring the word of God, that we're worshiping him, we're praying, but we also learn to listen rather than go into the presence of God and close the door with a laundry list of things that we're asking and expecting him from him. So learning to listen. Do you remember Isaac, when God said, take your son, Abraham says, take your son Isaac, your only son, and take, go to a mountain that I will show you and sacrifice him there. That was the command. It's so important that we don't just listen to the first step, but we keep on listening. Everyone say, keep listening. Because if we don't keep listening, and if Abraham hadn't kept listening, he would have killed the thing that God wanted to keep. And it wasn't until he lifted up his hand that God spoke, stay your hand, stop, do not kill your son. And he provided a sacrifice. Okay, keep listening. Claw, um, the fourth one was um, his, the, the eagle's claws, do you remember? Became became callous and heavy, that inability to hunt. You know, the, the Bible says this in, it's actually a psalm of David. He says, he trains my, my hands for war and my fingers for battle. You know what, sometimes it's that close. Last night, it was that close. It's, this isn't like, oh yeah, we're just going to pray some prayers now. It was like, boom, I can't even sleep. I, I, I don't sleep many hours anyway, but I was like, man, this is hand-to-hand combat. This isn't just weapons that we're just firing at one another. It's like, I felt like, man, this is, this is it. He trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. There's a time it's like, okay, this is it. This is like eye-gouging stuff. Like, rah! sorry. But you know this, but, but, but if we come up higher, I'm, I'm nearly done. But it will, it will, if we come up higher, we see things from a different perspective. Have you ever seen um, a doc, that documentary on National Geographic on Canadian salmon trying to make their way home to spawn? Have you ever seen that? I mean, it's the most fascinating thing, seeing the salmon going from the ocean all the way back to their, to their natural river. And they're going against the current, and they're fighting waterfalls, they're fighting rapids, they're fighting fishermen, anglers, and then they have to go up waterfalls. And they only have one purpose before they die, and that's to reproduce. You know, there's something we can learn from salmon. (laughs) That, That we have one purpose, to extend the kingdom of God. To extend the kingdom of God. My dad said these words to me. He said, he said, everybody's praying for our safety. But God's great purpose is not the preservation of our lives, but to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. 
How can you argue with that? But these fish will go through all the way and they, and they, they have to make it. I mean, we're talking a long way. And do you know, you've probably seen this. You ever seen the bears? And they sit on the stream and those salmon are coming upstream. That's why they're going upstream before they die so they can lay their eggs and leave another generation. And if you watch carefully, listen to watch Neo Ge- Geographic, you'll see this is what happened. They explain it. The bears take one bite and th- discard the fish. One bite discards the, famine, the salmon. The reason why is they're after the eggs. They take the eggs, gone. They take the eggs, gone. They, you know the devil's like that? Kill the baby. Kill the seed. Don't let the dreams become a reality. Kill the firstborn. He's up to his same tricks. We've got to realize. Paul says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. And it's, we can just lie down and be like, well, okay, yeah. It's just everything's changing. Well, stop it changing. We can, Paul says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his perfect, pleasing, and acceptable will. The will of God is determined directly by how we think. And we can think worldly patterns or we can think godly patterns. There's two patterns. The worldly pattern that Paul says don't conform to. And there's a godly one that Paul says keep in the, in the pattern of sound doctrine. There's a word of God. It's a great pattern to live by. And young people, I would say, as, you, as you're learning to hear God's voice, if, if you want to be in the kingdom of God, learn the word of God. Feed on the word of God. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you think. <sighs> Hearing loss. Clawing claws loss. The beak becomes callous. That was the fifth one. And when the beak becomes heavy, the head of the eagle bows. When the, e- eagle, when the eagle's beak becomes heavy because it's so callous it can't hunt. This beautiful bird that's got no feathers. This beautiful bird that's... Got those feet are calloused. They can't hunt. He can't hear or see properly. And his beak, head begins to bow. You know, in those places, you know, Taya Reynolds said to me as I walked in today, she said, I just got a word for you, Dan. Lift up your heads or you gape. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even say anything to her. She said, I just got this word for you. And I said, that was the word of the Lord. I've had a pretty rough week. <laughs> but an eagle's head bows its head. But when we renew our strength like the eagles, that beak falls off and our head gets lifted up. But also with the beak, the beak when the beak is calloused, it can't open it. It can't scream. It can't communicate. It just comes out wrong. You know, when we're not right, we do silly things. We say silly things. We talk about petty things. We talk badly about each other. It's ungodly. And I want to say this. It hinders the oil. Psalm 133, where brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. God commands a blessing. It's like oil that flows down Aaron's beard. Therefore, the opposite must be true. Where brothers and sisters do not dwell together in unity, God doesn't command a blessing. And I just want to say in this house, sort it out. Jesus' name. Sort your relationships out. Because if you're in this body, 
and you're out of sorts with someone else, you're offending the anointing of God. There's too much at stake. I was in Michigan with some pastor friends of mine last week. We were just talking about seasons of life and stuff going on. And, and Angela Hughes said this to me. She said, uh, you know what, Dan? She's Welsh. I'll never forget what Fee said to me once. She told a story of Jonah when he was a little boy. I'll stop now. And he was in England. He was five years old. And Fee was there alone. And she was with a five-year-old on her own, showing, taking Jonah to show to people that we know. I'll just leave it there. And some of them got really irritated because Jonah was misbehaving. But Jonah was five. And he's kind of American, not English. In fact, not kind of. He is 100%. He's chewing gum. He's loud. He's confident. Walking through streets. Just, he's just Jonah. Now, before I tell the rest of the story... The small, I sent this to Joe and I said, can I play this? He was like, no. So I said, oh, please, Joe. He said, no. <laughs> please, Joe. So he said, yes. Go ahead, Joe. It's only like 30 seconds. Go. Go. I'd forgotten about it. And she said, and Fee just said these words to Angela. She said, when I heard these people, I thought this, can't you just love him? And Angela told me this, and she said, God spoke to her in that moment, that when people irritate you, or they're not like you, or they're different to you, or they annoy you, or they're loud, or they're too quiet. Can't you just love them? And as she said, the Holy Spirit hit her. Can't you just love them? Fee didn't even know. I came back and said, Fee, do you know what she goes? I don't remember saying that. But she, and Angela just said, the Lord spoke to me. And I was just sitting there, I welled up. I said, I feel the same. I felt corrected. Can't we just love God's kids? Can't we just love them? Well, that, that's annoying in England with an electric guitar from England. Anyway, <sighs> I'm nearly done. Where am I? Okay, I'm going to wrap this. Okay. You know, uh, pearly, the pearly gates in heaven? 
They're pearly gates. Do you know pearls are formed through irritation? You know, that's actually how a pearl finds its value is through irritation. So if you're irritated, God is doing something beautiful in you. He's making something into you. Just don't react. I'm not talking about don't have feelings. I'm talking about get some oil and get full of the Holy Ghost. Because if you love him, you'll love what he loves and he loves people. Okay. Number seven. It releases a bad odor. Do you remember the first, first I'm not going to be, for the sake of time, I'm not going to do it because I've only got two minutes. What an eagle does, the seventh steps before it either dies or starts to renew ex- exp- its strength is it releases an odor, a horrible odor, to add insult to injury of everything else it goes through. You know the Bible says this. Paul says it in Corinthians. He says, he always leads us in ultimate triumph and we spread the fragrance of him wherever we go. It's really important. If we're full of the oil of God, we will be full of the fragrance of heaven. And can I just encourage us, you can't fake it. You can't put horrible, have you ever smelled someone who sprays himself with cologne, but really they smell like B.O.? Yeah, not good. I said I'm going to be raw today. But don't do that. Get, get clean. Get, go to God. If it's the oil of heaven, it will be beautiful to all to see. I'm closing. Thanks, guys, for coming up. Mm. Just close your eyes for a moment. says to Samuel how long how long will you mourn how long will you grieve take the oil take the horn of oil and be on your way church I just want to say to you today from the rawness of where I'm at right now For some of us, do need to stay in a a place of loss and go through the process of grief and loss and mourning. The question is, how long? How long? Because once you know the answer to that question, you can make a sacrifice to the Lord and fill a horn with oil. And let the oil flow. It's an oil of gladness instead of sadness. It's a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And then God says, now be on your way. Imagine if you're Samuel. I kind of like Saul. You anointed him before. Now you rejected him. Why? Because I'm God, that's why. under the text if you really think about it and let the Holy Spirit open the eyes of your heart and give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of course it couldn't be Saul because Jesus had to come from the line of David he couldn't he had to come from David Samuel doesn't know that all he knows is how long will you grieve Samuel 
How long? I've rejected him. Get an oil, a horn of oil, and be on your way. And he goes on his way to Jesse's house. And we know the story. The boys are paraded. And he says, there's one more that's not here. I'll not sit down till he gets here. And when David comes, he pours that horn of oil on top of him and said, this is God's anointed. And Jesus would come from the line of David. See, sometimes, church, when we don't have a language, when we're in the middle and we're going through it, we don't realize things from God's perspective because we don't have a language yet. I don't know what's happening. I'm going through something. But the Bible says, even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me. And you think the thing about a shadow is you can't have a shadow without a light. So even when we're going through this valley of the shadow of death, there's still a light. And he's the light. Beckoning us on to keep going. If you're going through hell, keep going. Keep going. Don't stop and find a language for this is what it's going to be for the rest of my life. Well, I have this wrong with me and I have that wrong with me and this is me and I am this, I am this. Keep going, keep going. The language will change. A, the narrative is, has, isn't been written on the other side. The story isn't over. Keep going, keep going. Church, keep going. There's a big vision. This church has a big vision. You know, little people with little vision will always attack big people with big vision. It's okay, just keep going. Keep building, keep expanding. For God so loved the world. The first thing I think of in the morning when I, I just think of the world, God, you love this world. How can I affect it today? Let's stand together. Like just put your hands like this, right? Like it's a cup. Do you know that song, Fill Me Up, Lord? Fill me up, God. I, I, I just want to invite you, as you put your hands up, you can first of all just, as a place of surrender, say, God, I give it to you. See, sacrifice always comes before oil. Sacrifice comes before oil. And the, through the tears and the pain and, and all the stuff, which I still don't have a language for, by the way, in the middle of the night, going through these last weeks and what's going on and just dealing with the pain of loss and other people's loss and all these things. At the end of it all, it just says, God, I just surrender. You know, it's a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice sometimes to praise Him. You know, praise is thanks. We worship God for who He is, but we praise Him for what He's done. Worship is extravagant respect and devotion that is unrestrained by reason. That's why at the end of the first test that Job had, he says at this, he fell on the ground and he worshiped God. It's an act of sacrifice. Say, God, here I am, all of me. I give you all of me. Is there stuff that you need to give him? There's stuff that you need to just repent of. Just repent and say, I need the oil to come again. If there's somebody that you need to go and put right, even if it's someone that's no longer alive anymore, please do it. Over the years, we've counseled marriages and we'll, we'll bring the bread and the wine and we'll say, we're not leaving this room until you can break bread together. Church, there's a lot going on. There's a lot at stake. It's not time for pettiness. It's time for big people to offer big sacrifices.
to let a big vat of oil flow from the King of Kings. So once you've done that today in your own heart, say, God, here's my sacrifice. Josh and Rach are gonna lead us in a song. Fill me up, fill me up, God, fill me up. And I, Holy Spirit, ask that you would fill us up, fill our cup. Here's my cup, Lord, fill me up. Just say that together. Here's my cup, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. Fill me with a fresh oil. Holy Ghost, we ask that you would come. You'd come with, with, with fresh oil today. For those who are dry, for those who are, who are dealing with loss, the oil would come. For some of us, we've, we've been here too long and we need to be on our way now. We need to be on our way because there's a destiny for us that awaits. Some of you are still hurt from, from relationships, maybe a marriage, maybe a divorce. Maybe you're hurt from a, uh, and you just need to let it go. Just forgive the person. Forgive you so that you can marry someone else. So that you can, you can enjoy the person that you're married to. Just let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Say fresh oil. How long will you mourn? How long will you grieve the loss? Take the horn of oil and let it flow so we can be on our way. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Sweet, precious oil of Holy Spirit. As you fill this place. You touch us. Touch us today, God. Fill us up. I just want to say it's okay to cry. You may be a guy here, maybe a girl here. Just like, I don't cry. Holy Spirit, get them today. <laughs> There's a language of tears. There's others in you here, you've been through this. You're like, I've been through all kinds of this stuff. If you have a language for it, offer it to someone else. Offer it to someone else. Offer the gift of experience to someone else. And if it's God, it will be good. <laughs> if it's God, it will be full of grace and truth. sing. I, I just, I, I'm not preaching again. When we sing, it releases endorphins. Do you know that? You know there's power in singing. It releases endorphins. I was in the car with, the, with uh, John and Katie uh, Hooker last, yesterday, or just, actually it was just, it was uh, Sam and John, and uh, I was coming back from a wedding, and, and they just turned on this worship music, and three seconds in, i like, I know this song. There's an anointing on this song. There's an anointing on this song. And, and as the song played, it was quiet. I just, I, I felt the soothing of the soul. Ah, it was my spirit man coming alive. Ah, it, was, it was like fresh oil on my, and I, and, I, and I played it this morning as I walked around my neighborhood. I thought, I love the anointing. I love the oil. I just want to be where you are. You know, he knows your pain. He knows your loss. Receive the oil today so we can be on our way. <laughs>